At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a Wednesday evening from the Circus Sportsbook, it is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Scott Seidenberg, Tim Murray with you, and another eventful night in the NBA and in the NHL. Vegas and Minnesota scoreless after one period as the Golden Knights looking to advance on to the second round of the playoffs to take on the Colorado Avalanche. And this, Scott, is the example why you never give up on a bet. Never crumple up a ticket and throw it away. Because the New York Knickerbockers, your New York Knickerbockers, down 13 at the half, looked dead and buried. They outscored the Hawks by 14 in the third, and they lead by five with three and a half minutes to go in a critical game two at Madison Square Garden. You and I talked about this game ad nauseum leading up to tip-off tonight, how we expected the Knicks to come out strong. We expected a bounce-back performance from Julius Randle, which we have not gotten So far here tonight, just 13 points from Julius Randle. And the Knicks, as far as starting fast, started slow. And the Hawks were the one that took that, as you said, 13-point lead into the half. But the second half has been a different story. The Knicks were minus 4.5 for the second half, which meant that they would have to lose the game by 8 or less, and you would cover that line. Forget about losing the game. The Knicks are winning right now by 5 points with... 3.5 
3.26 to go in the fourth quarter. We'll see if they can finish this and even up this series at a game apiece. And then I'd be real curious to see where the action goes as far as the series line. Atlanta would technically have home court. They stole home court yep. by winning game one. So how will the books react if the Knicks are able to even up this series at a game apiece? Yeah, and uh, you see the series prices right there. This was obviously prior to tip tonight. Uh, the Knicks were plus $2 to uh, come back and win this series and trying to even things up before going down to Atlanta. So we'll get back to this game as it has been uh, very impressive, this second-half effort. And it is, as Scott alluded to, not been Julius Randle. Now, he does have a double-double, 10 rebounds, so over on his rebound prop of 9.5. You cash minus 115 on, yes, a double-double for Julius Randle. But just 13 points. It has been the Derrick Rose show, and he has played incredibly well. Uh, also, uh, Mr. Bullock just buried a big three to put this uh, lead out to five. But we've got Jazz and Grizzlies coming up in uh, just a little bit. Probably, I would imagine, 15 past the hour. So somewhere in that ballpark because of the this game and the, and the length. They'll try to push it back as far as they can, Scott. This is a, a spot where, you know, we saw in the Lakers series against the Suns, Lakers were a slight series favorite. They lose game one. They actually became an underdog, then got bet to a slight favorite. Really not the case here. The Jazz lose game one. The market shifts a bit, but nothing too outrageous. And I think both you and I are in the same mindset, and I said it last night, that I was going to play Jazz first half, five and a half. We've seen that get moved up a little bit to six. Uh, but this is a big spread tonight. Donovan Mitchell is back. What do you expect in this one? I expect to see a Jazz team that we saw during the regular season go 31-5 and on home court. This is the team that we hoped to have seen in Game 1, but with no Mitchell, it's a different story. But even without him, this is a team that was one shot away from actually taking that Game 1. And they had a lead, they blew the lead, and they still had a chance in the closing minutes. So I expect a much better performance from start to finish from the Utah Jazz now that they get Mitchell back. Gobert as well is going to be 100%, hopefully. And I think this is a performance that will be indicative of the series price and of the line that you would expect to see into this game for both the first half and for the full game total. Yeah, and we look at uh, some of the uh, some of the big boys, Jonas Valanciunas, 16 and a half points, 13 and a half rebounds in the win on uh, on Sunday, we had 15 and 12 from Valanciunas. I, I think it is it's an under type of game for Valanciunas. I to me, I expect a big night from the likes of a Rudy Gobert. Uh, 13.5, 14.5 rebounds, 13.5 points, 14.5 rebounds. He had 15 rebounds in the loss. And then what do we expect from John Morant? 21.5 points is his over-under tonight. He had 26 Scott in the victory against the Utah Jazz. I would expect another solid performance that could lead to an over. I might be intrigued, though, to look at his PRA and we might have a possible play there. All right, we'll get you set on all of the props and revisit a thriller going on at Madison Square Garden right now. Let's get it rolling. We are off and running. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Scott Seidenberg at Scott's on air and at one Tim Murray where you could find me a big show ahead as we still have another NBA game to come and the Madison Square Garden crowd is going nuts right now overcoming a 13-point halftime deficit. They lead right now by seven, and this Hawks team has gone frigid from the perimeter. The Hawks right now are 12 
of 44 from three. And what a massive comeback for the New York Knicks. It looked like this would be a 2-0 Hawks series heading back to Atlanta. But instead, the Knicks... Don't want to count our chickens yet, but it certainly seems like the Knicks are going to not only cover the second half number, which we talked it out and you ended up placing that bet, but they're going to cover every single number because they went off as a two-point favorite and just an absolute collapse by the Hawks, but a hell of a performance in the second half, complete and utter dominance from the New York Knicks. And a lot of the credit has to go to Derrick Rose, who eclipsed his point total easily, scoring 26 points in this game. You and I talked about the bounce-back performance that we were expecting from Julius Randle. He went off at 26, and he manages 15 points. Bullock had 15 points, going 4 of 7 from 3-point range. R.J. Barrett was a total that I was looking to play, 17.5 points. He actually has 13, hasn't seen the floor in quite some time. But really, this has been the Derrick Rose show in in the second half, the Knicks have gotten timely baskets from other contributing players. Their defense locked up, which we expected to happen going into this second half. And they're going to even up this series. And now, where does the book go in terms of setting this series price, which was pretty close to even money prior to Game 1? The Hawks took Game 1. It moved to Knicks plus 200. Now the Knicks take Game 2, going to Atlanta with the Hawks having home court advantage in what becomes a five-game series. Where do you expect the line to be, Tim? Yeah, I think it, it's still Hawks as a slight favorite because they have the three home games to the two for the Knicks. Um, but I don't think it's going to be overwhelming. I, I, I looked at this series as pretty much a pick. That's what the odds indicated uh, here at Circa. Before game one, it was Hawks minus 135, Knicks plus 115. I grabbed Hawks minus 120 in a different spot in town to win this series. But it, it, it is it has the makings for... The, the, maybe the deepest series that we have uh, in the first round. And, you know, as we were watching this game, uh, you know, in the first half, the Knicks kind of looked lethargic. Mm -hmm. Did, nothing nothing was, was, was there. Uh, nobody, I, I don't know many people that thought they could ultimately come back. Once again, we talked about the halftime line and... I think the odds makers showed you that there wasn't much belief in this Knicks team. Only making it down 13 in a pre-flop situation where the Knicks were, were laying two, mm -hmm. and the second half line was four and a half, indicating that the full game line was eight and a half. So based off of the first half, odds makers said this game is done. Not the case. I mean, what a performance. They have outscored the Hawks 56 to 34 here in the second half. You know how we always talk about regretting the bets that you should have yep. made or could have made? Boy, a sprinkle on Nick's money line down 13 at <laughs> the half would have been, nice. been pretty special. Yeah, I think I saw BetMGM tweet out that they were in the ballpark of plus 375 at the half. So it would have been a nice uh, situation there. And yeah, I was feeling pretty good about my series play earlier in the evening. And now not so much. I mean, the Knicks, are, the Knicks have, have stepped up. And you do wonder... Because you, you hit on it. And it's not like Julius Randle has been unplayable, but the offense just hasn't totally been there yet. We thought that this would be a bounce-back spot for him offensively, but he still finished up with 12 rebounds, has four assists. So this wasn't an awful game when it comes to what he did on the boards, what he did facilitating, but 5 of 16 from the field, just 2 of 7 from 3. You do wonder... At some point, is Julius Randle going to get things going? And if you're a Hawks backer in the series like I am, like JVT is here at the network, you, you might be a little bit worried that 
he is ultimately going to get something going here. Yeah, well, think about it now from the other perspective. You're a Knicks backer looking at this series. The Knicks lose game one where Julius Randle, their best player, was absolutely atrocious. And they barely lose that game. Had a six-point lead in the fourth quarter and had a chance to close it out, and they were unable to do so. Now in game two, he's mediocre, contributing in other facets of the game, but other players are stepping up. Obviously, it was Alec Burks in game one. It's Derrick Rose here in game two. The Knicks take game two. They now even up this series, and if Julius Randle plays back to form on the road, maybe maybe dealing with a little pressure at home. That could be something. The crowd there, the expectations, the weight on his shoulders, maybe getting on the road does help him loosen up a bit. And if he does play to form, the Knicks are going to be in every game that they play in this series. I've always felt that this was six or seven games mm-hmm. in this series. There's a reason why the odds were so close on both of these teams prior to game one. And I think it will be close now after game two concludes. Uh, I will say this. I don't think the, the Hawks are winning both games in Atlanta. I think we're going to get a split as well. Yeah, and... We'll see what that line opens as. Hawks will absolutely be a favorite in Game 3. But they'll be favorite in both games. Yeah, they'll be favorite in both. I mean, and, and, and we're looking at the zigzag already, where you looked at the Lakers. They zigzag. They win Game 2. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, after Game 1 loss, zigzag. They win Game 2. The only team... Uh, and uh, just an embarrassing effort uh, all around by, you know, by Ty Lue. Uh, I thought his coaching was was horrendous. Mm-hmm. Going back and watching, you know, bits and pieces after we watched it last night, uh, Pat Beverly couldn't guard anybody. Why Zubats remains on the floor in this series whatsoever? Uh, I think StatMuse tweeted out the fact that he is, you know, when he's on the floor, they're minus twenty nine uh, this this series. So that was the the really only one where the zigzag hasn't come through, and it has gone final. The New York Knicks win 101 to 92, so the total stays well under mm-hmm. the closing number of 213. The Knicks win, uh, cover the two-point spread, uh, down 13 at the half, so they cover the second-half spread of four and a half with ease, obviously, as they dominate. So a very impressive second-half performance, outscoring the Hawks 57 to 35, Scott, in the second half and route to a 101-92 victory. We'll get to the props here for the Grizzlies and Jazz in just a moment. Um, but, you know, as the, as the Philadelphia 76ers take care of business, no surprise there. They win by 25. That might be a sweep against Washington. They go to Washington for game three. I don't think many people thought much of Washington's chances in this series. But, you know, once again, I... I have a future on the Sixers to win the Eastern Conference based mainly on their road, Scott. And this series and how I expect it now to play out with the Knicks coming back, I always thought all along this is a six, seven game series. Every game's spread is going to be very close. This is going to be an absolute war, and I think Philadelphia is going to be sitting there with their feet up, drinking drinking some punch and saying, we're good to go. We just swept the Wizards or got, got done with them in five games. The one thing that you worry about, though, is the long layoff. If the but other not, series, against the yeah. Hawks or the Knicks, I don't really worry sure, about that. Sure, of course, but you don't want to be sitting around for several days before you play a game. You want to keep this rhythm going because I, I think you're right. I think it will be a sweep. I don't think Washington wins a game in this series. We talked last night about possibly playing some overs on some props for the 76ers players. Uh, Embiid did not reach his point total. He had 22 points. His total was way too high. Tobias Harris was, remember I said, uh, over one and a half three-pointers? Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit one three-pointer, so <laughs> it didn't go. Ben Simmons. Uh, 
Clemens had a had a bounce back night though tonight. For he had 16, six and six in the first half, and uh, he finishes with 22 points, nine rebounds, and eight assists. So a nice bounce back for there. And you joked about the three point. Mm-hmm. What was it juiced? To the over at like plus eight hundred. Oh, it was plus eight hundred for him to make one three pointer. Yeah, he yeah. didn't attempt one. Yeah, he never, no surprise. He never yeah, does. Never does. But never does. It's, uh, it's a fun sprinkle. Uh, one twenty to ninety five. Sixers win earlier tonight against the Washington Wizards, and I believe a stretch of twenty eight straight games for the Wizards scoring in triple figures comes to a close tonight, I mean, and that shows you what that shows you what kind of defense this Philadelphia team does have. I mean, Washington, they, they don't know how to play defense, but they can score. And the uh, the Sixers had no issues there under. So we're oh, uh, two for 2-0 two oh on the unders tonight as uh, we head into Memphis and Utah tonight, Scott. Uh, this is a total that's been bet up to 219 and a half. There's actually a 220, couple 220s out there. William Hill, South Point have 220, and the spread has continued to climb. Uh, you're looking at a 10 right now. Uh, and last night when we were looking at this game, talking about it, it was around nine, maybe a nine and a half out there. Uh, and I, I don't love the full 10 uh, in this game. If I had to play it, I probably would lay it. But like I said, I, I think this is a situation. We talked about in the Knicks and, and it didn't come home in that regard. But I think this is a spot where Utah at home, you mentioned their record. This is they have arguably the best home crowd in, in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell is back. You know he's going to be fired up. They were just embarrassed. They just lose uh, uh, to the to the eight seed in the Grizzlies. I, I think this is a come out and really put it to them early in this one. Yeah, uh, the, the Jazz also allowed the fewest threes in the NBA this year. Um, which is not a good sign if you're an over better in this game. This is why I would look to the under. Uh, I think that the Jazz, but what concerns me is with the total, is because I think the Jazz run away with this game. I really do. It's There's a reason why this line keeps climbing. I like the first half line, five and a half, six. It keeps growing because the books are adjusting because they're seeing that people are jumping on this trend. You're seeing and a six and a half out there now. Too. The reason is because people are jumping on this trend. They've seen it so far in this postseason. They've seen it in past postseasons where the team that loses game one comes out with a inspired effort in game two, especially on their home court, and they usually cover the first half line, where it's a good number that have. The Knicks did not tonight. Lakers, we saw you yep, know they did what it. they did. Nuggets. Uh, I was on the road with the Lakers, but still. The Nuggets, we saw what they did, and people are expecting the Jazz to do so tonight, which is why this first half line has climbed up. They just want you to take the other side. Uh, and as far as the game total, I think it's spot on. This is going to be a double-digit victory for the Jazz. They were in it without Mitchell. We, we have to remind people about that. They had a lead in game one. They blew a lead in game one, and they were still a shot away from making this thing happen. Now they're back 100% healthy, or you would like to think as close to it as possible. They're at home, where they were again, I want to remind you, 31-5 and five in the regular season. Number one three-point defense in the NBA. The altitude, maybe some tired legs for Memphis. I think the Jazz run away with this game. So a couple player props I want to jump to here with this game tipping off here momentarily. Boyan Bogdanovich has been, really with Donovan Mitchell being out due to the ankle injury, he has stepped up and really been uh, unbelievable offensively. 29 points in in uh, in the loss and had a massive second, uh, fourth quarter, had 20 of those 29 is this a spot now with Donovan Mitchell back, Scott? Is it an over 
correction to have his over under at tw- at 19 and a half or does the the do the do the number of shots not come there for Boyan Bogdanovich you know down the stretch you're looking at uh games uh, he had a 48 spot against Denver, 27 against Golden State, 34 against Toronto. This is all in the month of May. So he really had to step up offensively, had another 30-point performance. He was, he was the guy uh, really leading the charge there for this, this Denver, uh, this Utah team offensively. So to me, it would be, I would, I would continue to look over. I wonder, you know, what the mindset for uh, Memphis is going to be attacking Donovan Mitchell, and does that lead to more open looks for for uh, Boyan Bogdanovich? I don't think you can go away from somebody who's been such a key contributor, as you mentioned, over the latter part of the season going into the playoffs. What's interesting to me is that the under is actually juiced at minus 141. So a lot of people think that it will go under, and I think the only reason the handicap is there like that is because of the presence of Donovan Mitchell. But this is a good spot where you're getting value on the low number and you're getting value on the over at plus 110. You don't have to lay the juice, and if he finishes with 20 points, he could, that could be a really good number. He could finish with 20 points exactly on the dot, and you'll hit that over 19 and a half. I would play this over simply because of the value on the juice alone, Tim. And you mentioned how much of a contributor he was towards the end of the season. The fact that the under is juiced at minus 141 to me is a little disrespectful to Bogdanovich. I would go over and play the plus 110. It's going to take that personally. I take it personally. <laughs> uh, 29 points in the losing effort. Well, what, what are we going to see from Rudy Gobert? Had a total of four shots in game one. Uh, he had 15 rebounds. I do think this is a spot... You know, where, you know, he fouls out in game one, um, gets those 15 boards. I think this is a spot where Rudy Gobert, I, I don't love to play the point total with Rudy Gobert, but does he just continue to, to, to rack up a whole lot of rebounds? The, the worry I do have, as you mentioned, I think both you and I are of the belief that this is a double-digit victory for the Grizzlies or for the Jazz. And when that's the case, Scott, a lot of these props end up going under. Yeah, will he play in the latter stages of the fourth quarter? Is he in crunch time? Is he out there trying to grab these boards? That's why with such a high number, I would look towards the over, but it wouldn't be one that I would race to play. So I would probably ultimately stay away just because the way we look at this game and how we feel like it's going to transpire with Utah coming out and putting it putting it on them quickly, uh, I would probably stay away with an, an overprop on Rudy Gobert. Well, PRA is 29.5. It's juiced to minus 120, looking at DraftKings right now. So if you believe he's going to go over that mark, it's really points and rebounds because the assists are not going to be there. The total on his assists is actually a half. So you think Rudy Gobert is going to get one assist? Lay the over on minus uh, on, you know, just a half of an assist. So does he get the double-digit rebounds again and enough points to get that over 29.5? I think he can get 30 combined. Got Memphis and Utah coming up in just a matter of moments. Both Scott and I are on the first half, so let's let's bring this one home. Scott's a happy man. His hometown Knicks come back as the Atlanta Hawks just fell apart. Got ice cold, and the Knicks, got to give them credit, bounce back, outscoring the Atlanta Hawks by 22 in the second half. We'll get you updated also VGK and the Minnesota Wild, a lot to get to. Stick around. It's the Nightcap here on Decent. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nightcap here on VSIN. Scott Seidenberg, Tim Murray with you from the Circus Sportsbook. By the way, a big Tampa Bay Lightning contingency at the Sportsbook tonight. Sure, why not? I mean, <laughs> I guess there are worse places to, to watch your uh, beloved Tampa Bay Lightning. We were 
you know, usually, Scott, when there's a big uproar and there's a Vegas Golden Knights game going on, they're like, oh, sweet, Vegas scored. But I'm like, oh, it's still, still scoreless. Lightning scored. There is a, a huge lightning crowd here. So that's, that's the beauty of, of doing a show in Vegas like we do. You just never know what, what uh, parts of the crowd are going to be cheering for, for what team. So, yeah, we got some Tampa Bay Lightning fans here. As they look to close out the Florida Panthers tonight, uh, they are up 3 to nothing now. Uh, this was a series that was a pretty short price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there was a handful of folks out there that believed that Florida was a tough matchup for Tampa Bay. Uh, but Tampa is going to take care of things. And I think, uh, I think you predicted it last night that all three series would come to a close. You were right on the Islanders. They win 5-3 to three, uh, as a slight home dog in that one. Uh, went off here minus 115 towards the Penguins. So the Islanders win 5-3. to three. The Tampa Bay Lightning now up 3-0 on Florida, and we're still scoreless. VGK and Minnesota, uh, this was a game that really didn't see a ton of movement. Um, here at at, uh, at Circa, went off minus 137 in favor of the Golden Knights, and uh, that opened minus 135. So not a ton of movement one way or the other on this VGK-Minnesota Wild game tonight. So what you're saying is I should have done the three-teamer between yes. all three series ending. Put my money where my mouth was. Yes, is what I should have done. <laughs> well, we're hoping. We're hoping. I'd end up taking uh, – I texted Banksy earlier today. I said, what do you got? And uh, he, was on, uh, he was on the Vegas Golden Knights. He, he keeps it honest. He'll tell me, you know, a couple nights ago when I was about to bet uh, the under, the alt-line under in the Golden Knights wild game because the first two games of the series, Scott, had gone well under mm-hmm. – and game three in Minnesota said, I'll throw a little plus money on the alt line. And he looked at me and said, I wouldn't do that. And he was right. That was, uh, that was the 5-2. to two. That was when VGK scored five unanswered goals after going two down 2-0. Two uh, I think that was last Friday night. So we'll see if Vegas can uh, close it out tonight. Uh, certainly would make folks here happy. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, and it would make me happy. I ended up taking a little sprinkle on the, uh, now I can call them the hometown team. Absolutely. I thought that they were going to go with Leonard and Nett, honestly, in game five knowing that they had the soft cushion of you can afford to lose this game, and then you just got game six in Minnesota, and then you go back to Flurry, right? And if they would have won that game five, then you gave Flurry extra rest before you go up against the toughest matchup of all, which is the Colorado Avalanche. They stuck with Flower. He had a terrible game, whereas Cam Talbot was incredible for Minnesota. And Flurry led in four goals on the first seven shots that, uh, three goals in the first seven shots that he faced in that game. And Vegas was unable to come back and win. They still have not been able to clinch a playoff series on home ice, which is absolutely incredible. Hoping to do it on the road tonight in Minnesota. Early, uh, just early look at what's happening in Salt Lake City, uh, just underway with the Utah Jazz leading six, or sorry, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies leading six to five. Slow start offensively for the Jazz, just uh, two of eight from the field. And you're, you're seeing Donovan Mitchell, first game since April 11th, coming off that ankle injury, really trying to, to get in the groove here. Uh, and we'll see if he does. Uh, we talked about the player props, 25 and a half for Donovan Mitchell. Hasn't played in, in a month and a half. Uh, you know, Bogdanovich just uh, checked in um, and, you know, throws an errant pass to Joe Ingles in the corner. But bit of a, I'm, I'm a bit, I mean, it's very early. We're still just, you know, four minutes into this game. But I thought this would be a Utah Jazz team came out very clean, concise, mm-hmm. and 
they have not they have not that uh, not been that they have they've been struggling here it's been a bit sloppy and uh, Memphis has an early 6-5 lead they'll find their footing uh, i was wondering how Mitchell would start this game because he was he wanted to play in game 1 oh yeah he was he said he was going to play in game 1 he was not happy with the late decision to not play um, and so I wondered how he would start in this game, how motivated he would be to get off to a good start. Would he be pressing too much, or would he step right in and be comfortable with his teammates who he hasn't played with in quite some time? Uh, but I expect them to find their footing rather quickly, and I expect them to cruise to the first half line here. Yeah, first media timeout, an 8-5 to five lead for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, both Scott and I on Utah in the first half. Utah first quarter, just a, a quick glimpse at that, three and a half. So uh, if you laid the three and a half with Utah in the first quarter, you need them to, to get things going here. A uh, bit, bit of an ugly start here for the Utah Jazz, but I agree. I think they will, they will find their footing. One thing, and this is maybe something we'll talk about later on in the show, and I'm not trying to overreact to, to what we've seen the first two games, but looking at that side of the Western Conference bracket, Luke is on another level right now. Absolutely. He is on it. He is a, he will be the best player on the floor in that series whoever comes out of Utah and Memphis. There was an interesting announcement, a pretty big announcement today in the world of golf. We'll discuss that and some odds regarding that too right here on the Nightcap. and NBA playoffs are here and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VSIN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel has all the hoops insights. Our experts and the entire VSIN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs including odds and analysis for every game on vsin.com and our daily members only best bet emails. Now's the time to cash in on the playoffs. Sign up right now for your 10-day free trial, vcin.com backslash subscribe. You know, we do have college football win totals. Last Friday, game of the year, lines came out in town at the South Point. I was down there, saw Paul Stone and Brad Powers firing away on games. Uh, so we're going to talk to Brian Edwards, good friend of VEASAN. He's going to join us in 10 minutes. Uh, he's also been handicapping the NBA playoffs. So we'll talk to him, uh, get some insights. Uh, never too early to talk college football. And uh, if I had my druthers, I would just talk about it all the time. But Listen, I, I'm, I'm just licking my chops as soon as I see these college football win totals because I've circled about 12 of them that I want to play already. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get into a couple of those in 10 minutes, and then later on in the show we'll, uh, we'll hit on some of the ones we, uh, we really like. Just a quick update, Utah has uh, had the lead. Now uh, Memphis gets it back. So 12 to 11 right now, Memphis uh, about midway through the first quarter, Memphis leading the Utah Jazz. And today there was a pretty big announcement regarding the match. What is this, the match four? Four. Four. Yep. Uh, last year when we had no sports, Scott, this was the saving grace. It was the first sporting event we got. It was Tiger and Peyton Manning against Phil and uh, Tom Brady. And you tweeted about it, hinted about it on uh, on Wednesday night with Patrick Stevens. And here's the announcement uh, of of this match that will take place in Montana in uh, in early July. And the matchup is Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, same team, and Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. Talk about 
the perfect situation. Phil Mickelson just wins mm-hmm. the, uh, the PGA Championship. Tom Brady's Tom Brady, won the Super Bowl. He's Tom Brady, doesn't matter. Bryson DeChambeau, who up until maybe Monday wasn't being talked about a ton, but because of the reaction from Brooks Kepka, which I think now is completely staged. Uh, but but because of that, he's been in you know the Twitter sphere. He's announced, and then Aaron Rodgers, obviously, with his situation there in uh, in Green Bay being uh, untenable. So here are the odds, and uh, just your, your first thought. It was funny. You know, Stations Casino here in Las Vegas, Scott, was the first book that I saw put out odds. Mm-hmm. And I was staring at it, and Phil and Tom Brady opened as a minus 130 favorite. And I was just looking at it saying, I mean, I know Phil just won the PGA. I don't know how good of a golfer Aaron Rodgers is. He's played in that celebrity pro-am in uh, uh, Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe the American before. Century Classic. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's been pretty good there, but... It really, Bryson DeChambeau in a in open air, like big sky country, he's going to hit it like 600 feet, uh, 600 yards. So, and, and then we saw a flip of favorites and uh, some movement today. And the Westgate Superbook actually put it out. And uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers were minus 175. So, yeah. what, or minus 200, excuse me. So, what was your early thoughts uh, of this matchup? Uh, my early thoughts, and, and full disclosure, so I find out about some of these things before it gets yeah. announced. Uh, the last Last time it happened with Charles Barkley and Steph Curry, um, you know, had broke the news on that. And then this one, if you remember Monday, we're talking to Patrick Everson yeah. from Covers, and I'd say, hey, I, I, I asked him, we're getting another match in July, so will the public hammer Phil because of his win? What happens? It gets announced here on Wednesday. We get the match four, and now what happens? Phil opens up as the favorite. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, of course, the public, that's why I wanted to ask Patrick about it. The public was going to hammer Phil because of the recent win. Now the line has shifted. It gives me even more impetus to just sign uh, on with Phil and to just plant my money with Phil and Tom Brady. Uh, I made a lot of money on the last Tom Brady golf uh, match with Peyton Manning, and it wasn't for doing anything good. It was for Tom Brady not hitting the fairway. On drives because I was going I was going hole by hole on live betting it's and Tom Brady not hitting the fairway was very profitable but Phil and and Tom were pretty good and I know Bryson's a long hitter I'd have to do some more research to see how Aaron Rodgers is but I've seen Bryson's short game not come not come through whereas Phil no one's better from 50 yards in. I just think Phil and, and Tom, with the plus money here, might be the play. Yeah, and you can get a, a, a pretty juicy plus price, uh, and we'll start to see other books uh, get these numbers out there. But uh, plus 175 at the Westgate Superbook, plus 155 right now at Stations. But, you know, talk about how this week has, has unfolded with the Kepka dechambeau hmm. rivalry. This, this footage gets put out there of Brooks Kepka rolling his eyes when DeChambeau says something to him walking by. Yep. And that's just what we're all laughing about all week. And then this news comes out today. Brooks Kepka tweets this out. Sorry, bro, at Aaron Rodgers 12. Kepka responds, it's <laughs> nice to be living rent-free in your head. So they're playing it up. I The cynic in me says this is absolutely a work, uh, playing this thing up. They might be boys behind the scenes. I, yeah. I don't know, but this is 
to me, this is this well done, man. This is marketing one on one. People are talking about it. But the winning tweet went to Phil Mickelson. Who oh, yeah. responded, Everybody was tweeting everywhere. Who responded by saying, I feel like I'm in the middle of something and should step aside. Except they want the current PGA champ. <laughs> so <laughs> lefty won social media today by responding. And Tom Brady's memes were pretty good as well. Yeah, Tom Brady's throwing out memes too. So uh, we will get this in uh, on, what is it, July July 6th? Yeah. July 6th, a Tuesday. And it being played in Montana, we'll get that. I If I had to guess, they're going to put some lights up out there. Uh, this is going to be a primetime event like when it was. Mm-hmm. Out in Las Vegas, yeah. uh, what was that? The Friday after Thanksgiving, the the first initial match, which was Phil against Tiger, that Phil ultimately won. So uh, we'll see what the betting handle is. What's what's going to be fascinating is I believe, if I have my uh, dates correct, the British Open is that weekend. So both Bryson and... Um, Oh, no, it's the next weekend. Okay, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I was like, that wouldn't make sense. But, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. So, uh, plenty of talking, but should be fun. One thing that I took away from uh, the first uh, match that we saw uh, last year was, man, when you played next to professional golfers, you might be awesome, like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, but you ain't no professional. The one thing I took away was take your glove off and tie it to the steering wheel of your golf cart like Tiger. <laughs> Uh, We'll talk a little college football, a little NBA. Also get you updated with the Utah Jazz uh, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Stick around. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. 
like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to the Indeed.com studio. Resumes are good. Resumes with an Indeed skills test are better. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is an ICAP here on VSIN as we keep an eye on the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. 23-17, Utah leading with 3.15 to go in the first quarter. Jaron Jackson at the free throw line for Memphis. So looking uh, like Utah finding its rhythm now. Uh, Donovan Mitchell actually playing uh, quite well. Looking at his prop for tonight, uh, he's already with 12 points in this game, Scott. Still scoreless with the uh, Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. So while we wait, as these games continue to uh, Continue to marinate. Let's bring in Brian Edwards, and you can find him on Twitter at VegasBEdwards. And a lot to get to, Brian. I know all three of us are chomping at the bit to uh, to talk some college football, some game of the year lines, some win totals. But let's uh, let's hit the NBA real quickly because I know you've been keeping a close eye uh, on uh, on the NBA as well. We'll start with Miami tomorrow against Milwaukee. Just hammered by the Bucks in game two, losing by 34. Right now, the Heat are actually laying a point in the first quarter, but they are a full game, one-point underdog. Do you like the home dog in this spot, down 0-2? I do. I think we'll, we'll see Miami bounce back. I think the head coaching advantage goes with Miami. I think Spolstra will make adjustments. I mean, Jimmy Butler goes four for 22, uh, in game one, you know, he had missed some games down the stretch. I think he'll shoot a lot better uh, at home, and I think the role players will play better as well. And I don't think Bryn Forbes will go off like he did in game two. So uh, he and Connaughton were, were, were awesome in game one, especially in the first half. I'm sorry, game two, and especially in the first half. And uh, that one just got over in a hurry. 
Brian, I think most of us expected the Lakers to be heavy favorites in the series after winning game two and evening up the series at a game apiece. But when you saw the number come out here uh, on Wednesday and then rise to where it's at now in the upwards of 360, 370, are the Suns being a little disrespected here in your opinion? Perhaps, but it's just hard to uh, forecast how they're going to play with Chris Paul being a total question mark. But I loved how Cameron Payne played last night. And uh, they, they still played hard, and they, they hung in the game. Uh, the number looks a little rich uh, for me in game three, but it, I, couldn't, I can't put much muscle behind Phoenix not knowing what we're going to get out of Chris Paul. I, I lean Phoenix, uh, but it, it'll be a small play if I play it. Yeah, it's up at seven right now as we talk to Brian Edwards uh, at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter. Portland back at home, uh, both Scott and I, and I think a lot of people looked at that Game two, must-win situation for Denver. Backs against the wall, and they come out and they play really well. They win 128-109, despite Dame being uh, a flamethrower in the first half uh, in what was a really entertaining first half. So Portland back at home, sees series evened at one, and we've got the Blazers laying four with a total of around 227.5. Yeah, I took Portland before the series on the series bet at Pickham, and I had them in game one. I stayed away from game two, but I'm going to go back to Portland here in game three. 11 and three straight up, 10 and four against the spread in their last 14 games. They've just got a huge advantage in the backcourt with Jamal Murray and Will Barton out. And as long as Enos Kanter and Nurkic can stay out of early foul trouble, I think Portland will be fine here. And by the way, those 11 wins all by five or more, and uh, nine of them coming by double-digit margins. And I'll also go with the over, which is cashed in three straight head-to-head oh, yeah. meetings. And uh, the combined scores, 248, 232, and 237. Uh, a little bit more money management purposes on Portland, but I'll also be on the over as well. Brian, a lot of people expected a regression from the Dallas Mavericks in terms of their hot shooting in Game 2, and it didn't happen. They still were lights out from three-point range. Carrying over to Game 3, the Clippers taking two gut punches in Games 1 and 2. Can you back them with any confidence in Game 3? Gosh, uh, you, you'd like to think they'll respond, but it's hard to go against Luka right now. He's playing so well. Uh, with that said, I, you know, if I had to pick it, I'd probably go Clips in Game 3, but I don't have to pick it, and so it's probably going to be a pass. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian, before we get to college football, because uh, we all want to hit that, uh, and I know you've uh, focused in on a bunch of SEC Game of the Year, some, some win totals as well. Um, we just watched Atlanta Played great in the first half, and I was feeling spectacular about where I stood uh, in that position at minus 120 for the series. And then Scott got real happy in the second half because his Knicks came back, uh, obliterated the uh, Hawks, outscored them by 22. Early line at DraftKings I see right now for game three on Friday night is Atlanta laying three and a half. Is this a spot to back the Hawks at home in a, in a uh, coming off a loss? Yeah, the Hawks have been so good at home uh, the last couple of months of the season, especially really the last uh, eight or nine games as they almost got back to fully healthy. And, and DeAndre Hunter looks like he's uh, he's back now. The, uh, the Hawks 19 and two straight up in their last 21 at home, 17 and four against the spread. Uh, I DM you on Twitter that I would be on the Hawks at five or fewer uh, and three and a half. Uh, sounds good. Sounds good to me. I'll, I'll be on the Hawks there. 
All right, I'll get I'll get us into college football because Here we I, I can't wait anymore, Brian. Uh, I saw game of the year uh, game of the year lines, of course, came out last week, and I was very intrigued by those. But really, the win totals sparked my interest today when I saw those being released. And right in the SEC is one that jumps out to me, and it's the Georgia Bulldogs uh, sitting there at ten and a half is their number. And looking at their schedule, yes, they open up with Clemson in Charlotte, but that's going to be, in my opinion, their only loss possibly because they could win that game. The only loss I see on their schedule, the Florida game is in Jacksonville, so neutral site, and you know how tough they play the Gators every single year. There's no Alabama, there's no LSU, there's no Texas A&M in the crossover games. Tell me where this Georgia team is going to lose two games, because I don't find any reason why you would want to bet under 10.5. This is an 11 or 12 win Bulldog team, in my opinion. Yeah, you, you don't really see many losable games outside of the Florida game or the Clemson game. Uh, I mean, maybe they could get tripped up at Auburn, but, you know, Auburn lost a, a lot, uh, and you just never know about Bo Nix, although he's usually solid uh, at home. I, I think your fear would be the Ed Auburn game, but that's the only fear. And if that's, you know, if that's your biggest fear um, in, in transition mode with Brian Harson, I, I mean, I, I agree with you uh, for, the, for the most part. I mean, I think the Gators could clip them, but really outside of Florida and Clemson, I mean, there's only Ed Auburn that, that has any you know fear whatsoever. They'll be healthy favorites in every other game. Yeah, the only game. They are an underdog week one against Clemson, which that game will be tremendous prime time. in Charlotte, uh, Georgia lay in six right now at the uh, game of the year lines at the South Point against Florida in the, uh, in the Drink Responsibly Bowl, right? It's not the cocktail party anymore. The world's largest outdoor event yeah <laughs> um what, what about week one um you know there's a game that is is a bit under the radar and i think some people were surprised i want to say DraftKings, brian opened up lsu and ucla at a pick i know chris andrews over the south point opened lsu minus two that got bet up to three and a half pretty quickly and that's where it settled at least for now so you've got lsu going to ucla knowing this is a really a make or break type of season for for chip kelly and maybe even to an extent for ed orgeron how do you see this game unfolding at the rose bowl on uh, on september 4th you know, LSU had everything go wrong last year. I mean, they had a lot of guys opt out. They had obviously had 14 guys that were drafted uh, from, from the 2019 team. I think they'll be much improved this year. You know, I mean, after Miles Brennan got hurt in the third game, I mean, they were playing two freshman uh, quarterbacks, but I think Brad Johnson's son, Max, played better at the end of the year. He'll have to beat out Miles Brennan. But I think LSU – uh, will be vastly improved. And UCLA, look, they, they did lose four one-possession games last year, so they weren't getting blown out every week like they had been for most of Chip Kelly's first two years. But, I mean, it was still a three-and-four team. I know they have a lot of guys coming back, 19 starters, but they're not on LSU's level. And if you can get LSU at seven or fewer, and you can get it a lot smaller than that right now, um, I don't know if, you know, by the time we get to week one, but I, I love LSU in this game. They win by at least a touchdown and maybe double digits. Brian, the game that really intrigues me, Notre Dame against Wisconsin in Chicago. I saw Wisconsin at minus four and not sure the reasons why. Uh, you would think Notre Dame would have the crowd in Chicago as well. Uh, no disrespect to Wisconsin's team. I like Notre Dame this year. Jack Cohn, of course, the transfer. We'll see how he handles the quarterback position for that offense. Uh, what was your take when you saw this line and where it's at right now? Well, you know, Notre Dame's breaking in a new quarterback, but like you said, uh, you know, 
Uh, Cone has experience, and uh, look, Graham Mertz is the guy for Wisconsin, and, and Cone left because he wasn't going to get ahead of Mertz. So, I mean, I can see Wisconsin be, being slightly favored by more than a field goal is maybe a little much, but uh, that game's not really screaming at me either way. Yeah, Graham Mertz, it's funny. I mean, he starts the year with uh, that impressive performance against Illinois, and then mm-hmm. kind of was just a, a meh uh, to, to wrap things up. All right, before we let you run, Brian, I know there is a, a win total out there. Uh, speaking of Catholic uh, football teams, there's only two of them in Division One. It's Notre Dame and Boston College, and, and, and you like the Eagles this year. Yeah, I do. I, they were very good to me against the spread-wise last year. I love Dracovic. <laughs> uh, he, he's a terrific quarterback. And, I mean, really on offense, the, all they lost was David Bailey uh, and Hunter Long. I think they're going to be dynamic on that side of the ball. I mean, Zay Flowers, one of the best receivers uh, in the country. And, uh, you know, I think Halfley will, will get that group on the other side on, on defense improved. And then you look at the schedule. I mean, it, it's kind of a joke. I mean, Colgate. Uh, UMass, I, I think they would be favored at home to Missouri. Uh, they should win at Temple. Really, the only unwinnable game you see is at Clemson, and they played Clemson so very tough uh, down there last year, and they have to go there again. But they get FSU at home. They get Virginia Tech at home. Uh, I know they play at Louisville, but the Louisville lost a lot. Uh, so I like BC to go over seven. You can follow him on Twitter, at VegasBEdwards, and you know you'll be hearing from him, especially as we get closer and closer to college football season. Brian, always a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot for having me, gentlemen. Y'all have a good one. There he is, Brian Edwards, uh, BrianEdwardsSports.com. We'll get you updated. I'm getting a little, getting a little happier. Still, <laughs> still would like a little more separation here, but Utah and Memphis will get you updated on everything you need to know. Also, Vegas. Headed to the intermission. It's the nightcap here on Beeson. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.